0: hey guys thanks for joining me for this 27th episode in season two of good questions with cameron dole special guests for this episode include actress and podcaster erica alexander we'll also visit with gio benitez about the new series i survived a crime on a and e wednesdays 10 eastern 9 central time We'll also talk with John Huertas. Season five of This Is Us continues on, which airs Tuesday nights at nine Eastern, eight central time on NBC. And our final guest will be Sunil Gupta. Got a new book called Backable, the surprising truth about what makes someone take a chance on you. Of course, if you would, please take the time to subscribe, drop a like, comment, leave some feedback, and share with your friends. Well, to start things off today is National Margarita Day because well, why wouldn't a random Monday in mid-February be National Margarita Day, right? Well, in honor of the holiday, a new study ranked all 50 states by their love of margaritas based on Google search trends. Now, The five states that love margaritas the most? New Hampshire, Maine, Colorado, Missouri, and Tennessee. And the five states that love them the least? Utah, North Dakota, Montana, Michigan, and South Dakota. Also, another survey found that 15% of people say they only drink margaritas on vacation, 5% always get really bad hangovers from the mix of sugar and tequila, and 3% judge people who order frozen margaritas. Well, our first guest is actress and podcaster Erica Alexander. We'll be talking about the podcast, Reparations, The Big Payback. First off, Erica Alexander on the line. Erica, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Cameron, thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. And Erica, for you, obviously folks know you from the screen. When did uh, the, the podcasting idea, when did when did you first decide to launch off into the podcast world? Uh,
1: okay. So I'll give
0: you a little quick sort of, uh, run up to this. We were doing, we are
1: still doing a a documentary on reparations. And during that time, someone approached us and said, Hey, would you guys be interested in doing a podcast? Maybe as something that can come out sooner because it takes so long to do Mm -hmm. fund and also, um, create a film. We thought that would be great. And we'd learn, um, be, be able to talk to some of the people that we met and, you know, throw out the uh, the idea of reparations in a in a in a unique way because film is 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 so shallow compared to the depths that podcasting can go. So we thought we'd take it on. When I tell you, <laughs> I, that was the easy part. I was thinking about it, actually doing it. Anybody, I just got to tell people, podcasting is the amazing world. It's like a big universe. It's like the star star sh- sh- ship enterprise. You can go anywhere and find all sorts of stuff. But to do it and ho- hopefully do it well. It is a tough gig. So, on the audio space, we had no idea what we were getting into. We learned as we went. We got a lot of help and a lot of advice, and when you know, it just uh, really suffered over every little um, thing that we were doing. But eventually, uh, we got um, you know our episodes going. So that's how we got into it. We stumbled into it. If we knew what we were getting into, I don't know we would have done it. <laughs>
0: I know what you're saying. Hey, I kicked one off about six months ago. And, you know, I've been so many points, so many times I've been at the point where I'm just like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. But what is it? What is it that keeps you going with the the podcast? Is it it the subject material that just keeps you motivated, if you will? Yeah, I guess so. That and we like pain, I guess. I
1: don't know. (laughs) I mean, you know, the thing is that we wanted to tell a story about reparations or not tell the story, but create a space where the Mm -hmm. issue could be Put out front, but the story about it would be told through uh, a black woman in this white man's conversation and relationship with each other, while we, uh, you know, explored this this very uh, complicated issue. So that keeps us going. That and the fact that it really is gratifying with podcasting that you can do something and it can come out so quick you know and quick is you know within you know a month's time right. or you know a few weeks or depending on you know what the schedule is so i like that i like anything cuz there's there's so much that doesn't get done in hollywood you could have so many things that you know a crash and burn with, at any level but you know you really have no very few obstructions it's just as hard as you want to work and and um as much time as you want to give it and and yeah you need resources there's people that need to be funded and
0: that type of thing depending on what you're making but it's, it's, it's a DIY. You can do it yourself. <laughs> that's right. Now, Erica, as you delve into the, 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 the heavier, the darker parts of, of reparations, mm-hmm. I mean, the, I think good conversation is about, uh, it's about the times that we do disagree, but we still have to, uh, to, to come together even no matter what we feel. Right. Yeah. And that's the
1: difficulty Cameron, because, um, we can get caught up in our feelings and forget mm-hmm. that the person is human. Meaning you have to come as you are. Some people have more are more um, inside of the space of talking about race and not only reparations, but, you know, slavery and all the things that go with it. Prejudice bias and being open to being um, educated inside of it, but also feeling like they're being heard, feeling like their conversation doesn't just close down because we disagree or Um, um, can't come to some kind of consensus. We're not supposed to. We're just supposed to hear each other out and then move forward from there. And forward sometimes just means that we don't crash and burn. We don't burn the bridge. And so that's what our goal was, to show that it it does happen. It can happen. And um, as as long as people are allowing themselves to go on an adventure, um, there's some good things that can happen out of it, too.
0: Now, how has the how has doing the podcast changed you? I mean, how has it maybe changed your view on things? Well, I think that
1: when I first started talking about reparations, I I, I think I mistook the reparations movement as a personal admission or payment of monetary or moral debt right. toward me and, say, fellow African-Americans from white Americans. But now I'm convinced and very educated by those who are committed. And they're the experts in this issue. that that's too limited a point of view that the debt really resides Within the very fabric of America. We call America the America of the Beautiful and we say C deciding C C, but it's inside of the DNA. Mm. So it's the government's debt to pay. It's the government to look at this and sort of say, hey, you know what, this did happen. It does have consequences and repercussions that are way past the flesh and bone of the people who who actually were enslaved. And there's all sorts of things that are unfortunately funky and messed up and tied into policies that continue to to exercise themselves and oppress this particular people. So we think that um, uh, talking about race reparations has to be a zero-sum game. It does not. It just is one of those things to admit, hey, there needs to be something done. And I think the COVID situation and George Floyd sort of made us all look at that and say, we haven't done enough. There needs to be um, some focus on restitution inside this. And for some people, it's still a problem. But I think at least a lot more people are open to it.
0: And what has maybe been the, what, what was maybe the, uh, the biggest technical thing that you've had to learn with podcasting that you, that you never had any idea of before? Um, well, obviously getting good audio is,
1: is, a difficulty. I'm sure difficult at any point, you know, I, I do understand the, the idea of collecting footage and conversation interviews is tough because, you know, for my film and television background, the audio space is even more tricky sometimes, uh, depending on people doing their iPhones and that type of thing, but also how to structure a podcast. Mm. What goes first? What are we, how are we going to uh, come at this? Can we have fun inside of it to, to not Forget that people are listening, and you, and, and like a good song, it needs a hook every now and then to, you know, say, hey, we we know you're there, and we, our goal you know, camera was to act like we weren't in a podcast to say, hey, let's go. Like we were just opening the door Mm -hmm. to some big wide world of reparations and then walking through it and hearing like, hey, from the saloon that's happening or from this that's happening. And then every now and then gather our thoughts together. So trying to figure out how the tone was was a very difficult thing, but also making sure that we do realize that people are listening in a very deep way. So it's tough. It's tough.
0: And again, the podcast, Reparations, The Big Payback. Erica, I, I not only want to make sure everybody knows where to get the podcast, but uh, where they can follow everything you got going social media-wise as well. Oh, thank you. Well,
1: you know, ColorFarmMedia.com. You can go there and please join. And we send you a, um, a, And every now and then, something you know, something that tells you what we're doing at Color Farm Media. Also, I'm at Erica Alexander the Great on, uh, at Instagram and E Alex. Um, the great on Twitter and Erica Alexander everywhere else. And that's Erica with a K with a hard K y'all Erica <laughs> Alexander. Yes.
0: Well, Erica, thank you so much for your time this morning. I'm going to go check out the podcast this afternoon and uh, hopefully we can have you back on and visit again. Oh, I would love that camera.
1: Now I forgot. Yeah. People can listen to the podcast wherever they listen to their favorite programs and we're on the black effect podcast network. So thank you.
0: All right. Well, Erica, hope you have a great rest of your
1: week. Yes, you too, Cameron. And thank you for the invitation to come and and talk with you.
0: In other news, if you always forget people's names, you probably won't remember this website either, but it could help. FlowingData.com they have a tool that help you guess someone's name. All you need to know is the first letter of their name and the decade they were born in. When you enter those two things, it spits out the 20 most common names for people born that decade. And it also tells you how likely each one is. For example, if you're a man born in the 80s and your name starts with B, there's about a 50% chance your name is Brian, Brandon, or Ben. Or if you're a woman born in the 90s, There's over a 40% chance your name is Brittany, Brianna, or Brooke. Now it's fun to play around with, even if you don't need to remember someone's name, just Google Flowing Data Name Guess. Our next guest, you know him on ABC News, Gio Benitez, got a brand new series on A&E, Wednesdays, 10 Eastern, 9 local time, called I Survived a Crime. First off, Gio, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Oh thank you Cameron a pleasure Now now tell us uh, if folks haven't seen the trailers the previews all that uh, I I survived a crime obviously it's it's kind of in the name but uh, give us a little insight into the new series.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, in this show, you are going to see not just what people went through. Right. This is the moment when they are victims. Right. Mm -hmm. When you're seeing them go through something horrible with all the surveillance camera video. But what you're seeing is them become survivors, strong survivors. And that is what's so fascinating about this show is because you see exactly what they went through. But then you realize, wait a minute. There's something else on the other side of this. We can talk now about what it is that they're feeling and how they're healing and going through this and what they're thinking now. And that's what's so special about this particular show is that, yes, you're going to see some scary videos. But I hope, and this is what the survivors themselves hope, is that their message inspires people who are going through tough times themselves and say, you know what? I'm going through something tough, too. And I can get through this. And and really, the show highlights the strength and resilience of the human spirit.
0: And in the times that we're living in Geo, obviously a a feel good story. Those are those are welcome, right? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Listen, anytime people can
2: survive something, especially now, that is a win. And and I think that that's that's really why I wanted to do the show, um, because this particular time that we're living through is is a hell of a time, right? You've got the pandemic going on. Mm -hmm. People are going through such tough times. So they necessarily won't necessarily go through a crime like this, but whatever it is that they are going through, they can look at this and say, oh, you know, that person went through something really, really tough too. They got out of it. I at least now have the hope that i can get out of it too
0: now now geo obviously folks know you from uh fr- from news coverage does does doing a new project like this i survived a crime does this kind of reinvigorate those uh those uh inspirational the 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 inspiration or the motivation uh each day if you will you know absolutely but but listen
2: i am sur- i am really obsessed with survival stories, Cameron. Mm-hmm. I think that survival stories are, are just so fascinating. I mean, just on Good Morning America this morning, I was talking about, you know, that plane, that engine mm-hmm. that blew up in midair as the folks were going to Hawaii. Um, you know, and those, everybody survived. Everybody on the plane survived, 231 people. And then everybody on the ground survived when those giant pieces of metal came falling down. Um, so I think that any time that I'm talking about survival, I think that that's particularly uh, important to me.
0: And and in working for on the new series, I Survived a Crime, how how did covering those stories, how did that affect you? Maybe uh, was was there any change that you noticed in yourself as a result? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I started asking myself what would I do in a situation like
2: this? And I think a lot of people ask themselves that question too. What would I do as they're watching that show? And I gotta be honest and tell you, I have no idea. I have no idea uh, because we know what law enforcement suggests. And we're gonna tell you that by the way, you're gonna see what it is that people did, why they did it, the whole thing. But then you're also gonna hear what law enforcement suggests that you do. And that's very important because law enforcement statistics show that people survive when they follow that advice um but even knowing that i think when you're in a situation like this and 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 you're just caught off guard you know what happens your mind just starts taking over (laughs) other things happen and, and who knows how you react? And I think that's what you're gonna see in this, where people did things that law enforcement didn't necessarily agree with. Um, and then they talk about that and say, oh, well, this was pretty stupid, or this was whatever it was. Um, they'll, they'll talk about that, uh, but they just really had no control because something else took over. So that to me is what I've learned. Uh, I just sort of like asked that question, You know, do I know what I would do? But at the end of the day, I think that what the show proves is no matter what, we have this human instinct to survive. So what I do know is that I'll do everything I can to survive. I'm going to trust myself.
0: And, and being in the, the, the news realm, what has been the, uh, the hardest thing in 2020 that you had to take on that you would never done before?
2: Uh, well, you know, all of these, this new show with A&E and, and my new uh, role at ABC News as, as the transportation correspondent, these are all things that I had to take on that were new <laughs> that happened during the pandemic. Um, I was hoping to meet with a lot of people in person and, and take a lot of different courses and learn different things. And that obviously didn't even happen. So I, I had to teach myself quite a bit. Um, but I, I, think, listen, out of all the things that could happen,
0: that's so many people are struggling so much and, and that is absolutely nothing to complain about. That's right. And again, uh, I survived a crime new series on a and E geo. I want to make sure and let folks know not only where to, uh, to keep up with the show online as well, but, uh, everything you've got going social media wise as well.
2: Yeah. So, you know, my Twitter, Instagram, the whole thing is at Gio Benitas. But also, you know, if you go to AETV.com, you can see last week's episodes on demand. You can see that on your streamers as well. Um, and it's last week's episodes in particular were just so emotional. This year, this week's episodes, Wednesday night, 10, 9 central,
0: also equally as as powerful. That's good stuff. Well, Gio, it is always great to visit with you, my friend. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Looking forward to the new series and uh, hopefully catching up again real soon, my friend. Thank you, Cameron. Really appreciate it. Well, guys, we all know it's important to be a good friend even if your motivations are very questionable. Well, according to a new study out of Oklahoma State University, the main thing that drives us to be a good friend to someone is jealousy that they might like their other friends more than us if we don't step it up. The researchers found we're even more jealous of a person's other friends than their new significant other, quote, which means what makes us most jealous is the possibility that we might be replaced. Up next, actor and director, John Huertas. Season five of This Is Us continues, including one he'll be directing coming up on Tuesday night. First off, John, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show.
3: Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Um, it's, it's a it's a pleasure.
0: Now, now, John, obviously, uh, th- how much different did directing have to look this time around uh, d- just in, in, in because of all that we're going through right now?
3: Um, it was, you know, it's, it's different. We have um, protocols that we have to work under that are, uh, you know, unlike anything we've ever seen before. Um, you know, from ha- having different zones when you're allowed to, to be on certain parts of the set, uh, depending on what area you work in um, on the cast. Um, also, you know, having to wear a mask and a, and a face shield. Uh, the entire time when you're when you're working with the other actors um, as a director, it's different when you're an actor because uh, everybody has their mask off, which makes actors vulnerable. But then you know, just having to talk to them with with a face you have a mask on as a director is tough to kind of convey your um, you know emotionally what you want to tell them. Even when you want to tell them they did a great job, like how are they really reading that coming from just your voice and just your eyes behind this? shield so you know you want to it's it's different but you know it's life isn't fun unless it's challenging so you know i am i definitely embrace all of it and uh you know we're having a, a great experience um not a great experience but um uh yeah we're having a great experience on the set right now uh just overcoming challenges i think that that together as, as a cast and a crew it, it's it's really um, it's great how we are, we're all just so supportive and kind of dedicated to making sure that everyone is safe and that we're all you know doing something that we love and that we want it to be successful. I think that's you know um, being able to overcome the the uh, you know the different obstacles that we have with. with Covid, it is great that we've been able to come together like this and show. It shows us that we all do love each other and support each other.
0: As uh, as the season five progresses, obviously um, Miguel's got some uh, a couple of storylines in there as well. And tell us what we can expect, obviously, without giving away too much, John.
4: Well, you know, I
3: think we're going to go into season six uh, ready to to really see how Rebecca and Miguel's love story kind of played out. Um, we're going to, I think, set up a little bit of that in season five, uh, towards the end of season five, but, um, uh, season six is where we're going to really, uh, dive into, uh, uh, to their relationship. And I think we're going to be, you know, get a really big surprise, uh, in season six, um, with regards to what we learn. it's going to be, it's going to be something, something different, the special.
0: Now, John, as uh, as This Is Us goes, obviously there's so much, folks are wanting to know so much. How hard is it for you to keep things under wraps? Are you a guy that's easy with secrets or has this been a, is it a challenge for you?
3: I'm pretty easy with the secrets. Um, uh, it's, uh, you know, before I was an actor, I was in the Air Force with the top secret security clearance with nukes and stuff. So, uh, you know, I learned back then when not to, you know, tell people too much. So, um, I just have this alter ego called No Spoiler Man. A <laughs> you know, little, little S S, you know, NSM on my chest. I just, you know, put my cape on, fly around. No spoilers. No spoilers. Um, yeah, you want to be excited about what you know, what you've filmed and what you've done. But you know, I love. As an audience member, personally, being surprised, I mean, my wife and I, like when we see something, as far as a trailer goes for a movie or, or a television show, we start watching it, and if we we can tell sometimes when they when they put too much in the trailer, and we we suddenly like hit the brakes and we turn it off. So, you know, I I love as an audience member being surprised by what I watch. So I'm I want to make sure that I want I want people to have that same kind of, uh, experience and love for it that I do. So I definitely, uh, am, am really easy at keeping secrets. <laughs> and, and, I don't want to get fired. I don't want to yeah. get fired. <laughs> you
0: got a pretty good gig, got a pretty good gig. And for, for you to be on a, on a project that, that is impacting and touching lives. How much pride do you take in that on a personal level, not even on the professional side?
3: You know, I think it, I it took a lot of pride because I feel like, you know, if you can if, if we as a as a sh- television show, can touch uh, this many people and and have so many people say, "I relate to this storyline, I relate to this character." if we can touch that many people to have that many people coming back every every week, I think that that it proves that we kind of have somewhat of an important job because if we're doing that we're we're giving we're giving people something to connect to and connect to one another with. And I think that's important for where we are as a society. Um, The more things we can do to connect people than to divide people, I think is more important right now than ever. Um, So if we can be a part of that, if we can be a part of connecting people, I mean, just think about it. If someone has differing um, political opinions, they can't talk to one another. Without you know maybe some sort of you know fight or something, but those same two people can talk about this as us, and then and walk walk away feeling really satisfied about um, uh, having a great conversation with someone about something they both love, uh, and I think that's where we need to we need to you know get back to that. We need to we need to, so if we can be a part of that. We can be a pe- little piece of that puzzle. That is really gratifying to me.
0: That's good stuff. Again, uh season five, this is us, Tuesday nights, nine Eastern, eight local time on NBC. And John, always want to make sure and let folks know where they can keep up with uh everything you got going social media wise as well.
3: Uh I'm, I, yeah, you can follow me on the Instagram, on the Instagram and on the Twitter. <laughs> uh at John Wertas. It's just my name, J O N. Uh no H in the first name, just in the last name. Werta. And um uh, I'm all, I also am a new TikToker. I, uh, I, I'm actually a novice. I'm, no, I'm an amateur. I'm not even a novice. I still don't know how to use TikTok the right way, but I'm trying.
0: All right. Well, John, it's, uh, it's always great to visit with you. I hope you have a great rest of your week and, uh, hopefully we'll catch up again real soon, my friend.
3: Thanks, man. Take care. Have a great day.
0: Well, Disney Plus just added all five seasons of The Muppet Show along with a warning about possible offensive content. Remember The Muppet Show? It aired from 77 to 81, a time when we were less sensitive about how we portrayed certain people. And Disney says the show includes some, quote, negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. The disclaimer says, quote, these stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and speak conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Now, they didn't give any examples of the questionable content. There are 118 episodes of The Muppet Show on Disney+, Plus, even though there were 120 in the original run. But the two missing episodes have nothing to do with offensive stereotypes. They're both from Season 5. One of them had Brooke Shields as the guest star, and apparently it's gone because of music rights issues. The other featured British comedian Chris Langham, who was convicted for possession of child pornography in 2007. So there's that, too. Well, our final guest is Sunil Gupta, got a brand new book called Backable, the surprising truth about what makes someone take a chance on you. First off, Sunil, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show this morning. Cameron, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, now tell us about, uh, about the book, the studies. When, when did you uh, d- decide that the, the, the timing was right, that you had everything put together for, for Backable and the whole story behind it?
4: Yeah. Well, you know, I started writing this book about four and a half years ago. It was fall of 2016. And, uh, and what I was realizing at the time, which I think a lot of people come to realize in their lives, which is that creativity and persuasion are two very different things. You could have a great idea. You could have a great project in mind. You could be a great candidate for a job uh, and still be dismissed. And what I got fascinated by was who are these backable people who tend to go into the room. And even when they're not necessarily the most qualified or the obvious choice, they tend to mesmerize us. We really want to rally around them. And I wanted to understand like, what is this mysterious it quality that they seem to have and, and can it be learned?
0: And, and Sunil, how, how easy do you think the, the, the steps that you track in the book, how, how easy do you think they are for folks to, to, to grab a hold of and actually take part in their lives as well?
4: Yeah, and that's the thing that really surprised me, Cameron, is I think that they're almost, uh, too easy sometimes, that we, we kind of miss them. They're, they're things that we can sort of immediately, immediately put to practice. And once we hear them, we're kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. But but oftentimes we miss them. So let me give you an example. You know, one of the one of the things we talk about in the book is that I, when I was starting to write this and I was spending time with backable people from all walks of life, from Oscar-winning filmmakers to celebrity chefs to iconic founders. One of the things I, I assumed is that they would all have a certain style of communicating. They would make certain use of eye contact and hand gestures and pacing, all the things that we sort of learn from like Toastmasters and Dale Carnegie. But I, found that, but, but I found that to not be the case at all. Certainly you have certain backable people who have you know, a, 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 you know, a very polished way of communicating, but, but you have others that, that don't. And, and if you want an example of that, go look up the number one most popular TED Talk of all time right now. And you may be surprised to find that it's actually a very un like presentation it's a guy named sir ken robinson he's got one hand in his pocket he's got a bit of a slouch it meanders on and off script but it's this brilliant talk and what i realized cameron is that it's not charisma that makes someone convincing it's conviction backable people take the time to convince themselves first and then they let that conviction shine through whatever style it is that feels most natural to them
0: and Sunil delving into that a bit i mean sometimes folks come up with an idea and they think well this is a, a brilliant idea but they but they're still not convinced themselves i mean how hard is that sometimes to to hold back until you're truly convinced to to share that sometimes you're hitting the nail on the head which is that when we when we
4: studied sort of how creativity is shared inside companies for example what we found is that most ideas don't get killed inside the conference room. Most ideas actually get killed inside the hallways around water coolers, because what ends up happening is that we get really excited in the moment and we blurt out the idea and then we kind of look around and, and, and no one kind of gives us that, 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 that validation that we're looking for. And so we sort of tuck, we tuck the idea into a drawer and we sort of walk away. And this happens all the time and it happens even with the most brilliant ideas. So the, so the, the technique to keep in mind is that when you're in that moment, When you're in that moment, think to yourself, is this an idea that I have high conviction for or low conviction for? One way to think about it is, is this a a chocolate M&M where if you squeeze it, it kind of cracks? Or is this a peanut M&M? If it's a a peanut M&M and you have high conviction and people can squeeze on it and it won't crack, then by all means, blurt it out in that moment. There's no time like the present. But if it's a chocolate M&M, it's it's exciting, but you you don't quite have conviction over it yet, then I advise you to take what I call incubation time with your idea. Resist that temptation and take some quiet time to yourself to nurture nurture your own idea. Put it down on paper. Start thinking about the flip side of it. Think about what some potential objections might be. Answer those objections. Really start to nurture it. You may not have perfect answers, but it gets you into a place where you have much higher conviction for that first impression
0: and and we don't want to delve too deeply into the book and all of the different steps but another one of the steps that i was uh, I- I intrigued by a lot of folks think that they have to be this larger than life ego but you really you you say to to let go of that ego if you will
4: yeah yeah and and it's and it's hard it can be hard i i think one of the best pieces of advice that i came across in writing this book was from a somebody who coaches uh, junior-level executives and leaders, people who are sort of rising through the ranks. And one of the things she says is that when you're, you're about to walk into a room to present anything, even if, even if that's yourself for a job, you know, the spotlight is on you. But what you really want to do is you want to take that spotlight and you want to shift it onto something else. That could be your message. That could be the customer that you're there to serve. That could be a visual that you actually want to show off. But as soon as possible, you want to shift from presentation mode into what I call in the book, huddle mode, where you're sort of looking at something together and you're representing something other than yourself. Because when we get into trouble is when we're actually we're actually feel that spotlight burning on us and we make it all about we make it all about us. You know, uh, some of the people that I interviewed for the book were, were Hollywood agents. Okay. And then, and they're really, really good at representing their clients inside a room. Whenever they're talking about their clients, it almost like, it's like they're Ari gold from entourage, high charisma, <laughs> high confidence. But then what's interesting, Cameron, is you get them talking about themselves where they're no longer representing their client. And then all of a sudden that kind of dissipates, it goes away. Right. And, and, and I think that's a pattern when we can make it about something else. When we can take that, we can take that spotlight and we can shine it on to something else. We're always better at advocating for someone else than we are sometimes for ourselves.
0: That's right. And again, uh, the, the the book Backable, the surprising truth about what makes someone take a chance on you. Check it out. Of course, uh, Sunil, I want to make sure and let folks know where they can find not only more information about the book, but everything else you got going social media wise as well. Yeah,
4: yeah. Just go to backable.com, B a c k a d l e.com
0: and book is the book is available for pre-order today comes out officially tomorrow all right well uh sunil guptide it's been uh, great to visit with you this morning looking forward to delving deeper into the book myself and hopefully we can catch up again real soon my friend
4: that sounds great cameron this has been a blast
0: again thanks for joining us for this 27th episode of season two of good questions with cameron dole if you ever have a comment, question, or anything else you'd like to know, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at GQ with Cam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, feel free to click the support tab and follow the instructions. If you have a special guest idea, email me, Cam at gmail.com. Thanks again to Brandon Allen for coming up with the theme music. We'll let him play us out. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday. Join me for episode 28 coming up tomorrow.